do we think if someone came up to us and said they were bred? I think I'd probably first check that I'd heard them right, and then perhaps see if I could get them some help. Well, in this passage, Jesus repeats the phrase. In fact, he repeats it twice. So we absolutely have heard him right. We're going to take a look today at what this remarkable passage has to say as we continue our series through this fantastic book of the Bible in which Jesus becomes ever more real to us. This is actually one of my favourite passages in the Bible, so it's a real privilege to be preaching on it. And it's the very first of the seven I Am statements which appear in John's Gospel. They're all hopefully about to appear on the screen. I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the gate, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, the truth and the life, and I am the vine. What they have in common is that they all reveal something really profound about Jesus. They are all about the spiritual needs of you and me and of all those who don't yet know Christ. We're going to come to some of the others in later sermons, so I won't steal anyone's thunder and we'll focus just on the first today. Bread is certainly a pretty weird metaphor for Jesus. It picks up the theological narrative of the Bible. If you look up the Gospels, you'll see bread is referenced quite a lot. If you look up the whole Bible, you'll see huge numbers of references and often pretty significant ones, like in Matthew 4, when Jesus answers the devil by saying, man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Or in the Old Testament, when the Jews were wandering in the desert for 40 years, God rained down bread from heaven to sustain the nation. There is incidentally lots of imagery going back to the Passover in this passage, that festival that commemorates when the Israelites left Egypt, still a really significant festival for Jews today. As through this whole chapter, John wants us to connect with the Passover as he's showing us that Jesus is the new Passover. We relate to bread because it's such a basic food for us. It may come in all shapes and sizes, but it's shorthand for food in general. We even talk about being above or below the breadline, referring to a survival point. Jesus asked Philip earlier in the chapter how they're going to feed the crowd. Philip says, it just won't be possible because there's about 5,000 people out there. And then we have the famous miracle that we know of as the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus did make sure they all had enough to eat, as he does look after our physical needs. And just as he then calms the storm when he walks on the water to his disciples. But he's really interested in their motivation. Jesus lets rip into them, saying they're only interested in him because they've just had a good meal. I tell you the truth, you're looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils. Are we interested in people, primarily because they've got a good car, a nice house, 
because they give us good food when we go round, because they get lots of social media hits, because of the surface things, or because of what lies behind. Many of us this Friday will make sure we give our loved one a nice meal, and I'm not recommending that we downgrade that to beans on toast. But however nice that meal will be, hopefully, it is ultimately food that spoils. It's, that's not going to sustain the relationship for the whole year ahead. It's what giving that nice meal or gift or whatever means that will have the lasting impact. So what does Jesus mean by describing himself as the bread of life? If bread is shorthand for all the things we need to survive in this life and the next, he's therefore making a pretty phenomenal statement, saying that he is essential for life. Not just he might be quite handy in those tricky, sticky situations that come along from now, uh, now and then, but that he is the bread, the bread, and the bread of life. In other words, that gives life or what is needed for a full life. Do we believe that? Or have we got him in the category of the nice Valentine's meal that we might have from time to time? Come along for a great church service and then get back on with life. Do our friends know that we believe that Christ is essential for life? Mary challenged us last week to make sure those in our hairdressers um, know that as well. In verse 53, Jesus has a stark message. I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. The various references to flesh go back to the wonderful passage at the very beginning of John's Gospel that's so often the final reading at Christmas carol services that includes that line, the word, in other words, Jesus, became flesh. John is in no doubt at all that, John, that Jesus was completely human, flesh and blood, as well as completely God. I've been reading Tim Farron's book where he describes the faith challenge he faced as a politician. He writes, if something is true, it's true. And your opinion of it doesn't change its truth too much. A hedgehog may look at a steamroller heading towards it and strongly disagree with a steamroller. It may even deny the existence of the steamroller. I will defend its right to have those views it's still going to be a hedgehog pancake. John's gospel is all about challenging all existing worldviews. We cannot fully explain the feeding of the 5,000. We cannot fully understand Jesus walking on the water. These are moments when we see shining through the word made flesh. Jesus is a king, but the type of king he is is so different from what the crowds wanted or expected. The crowds wanted food without having to work for it. The Galileans were materialists. How different is that from much of our society today? They want 
free food and a political messiah to rid them of their hated Roman overlords. The feeding of the 5,000 earlier in the chapter is all about Jesus satisfying the hunger of the human heart. And we know so many people are struggling to find meaning, whether they acknowledge it or not. However many social media hits they may be getting, whatever their posts may suggest about their, their well-being and them being on top of the world. Do we engage with Jesus as he is? Or are we primarily hoping he'll meet our immediate needs? Jesus turns from the materialistic Galileans to those who are prepared to consider the invitation he issues to the world. And he offers then, as he does now, to all those who believe. Firstly, security. We belong to eternity. We are secure if we believe on Judgment Day. Secondly, destiny. We do have eternal life as Christians. And thirdly, identity. In a world that is often seeking identity. The identity that faith is like eating flesh and drinking blood. A really vivid image of those who truly believe, which would have been really shocking then and perhaps now. And at the end of this chapter... Many disciples desert Jesus. But we have that identity. What matters above all is not what Jesus can do for you and for me, but who he is. We will be able to do so much more for Jesus if we're ready to be truly confronted by him and through the Holy Spirit living in us day by day. If we do, The rewards are pretty amazing. The disciples ask what are all the things they need to do. Jesus replies to believe in him. They have another run at it and say Moses gave bread from heaven in the desert. What are you going to give us? He corrects them again that it wasn't Moses who's given the manna in the desert but God who gives true bread from heaven. Jesus is not in the business of doling out some kind of on-demand bread-giving service. When God was giving physical bread dropping from the sky in Exodus, he was also providing the spiritual nourishment that kept their faith and hope alive. That's what God was doing back then, and it's what he is doing today in Coombe Down in 2020. He is all about giving what we need for our everyday lives, Monday to Saturday. Each time you eat some bread this week, why not think of Jesus being that essential need, that essential element that enables us and others to live life to the full in this life and the next They're still a bit lost when Jesus talks about the bread being he who comes down from heaven. So Jesus gets more direct with this incredible statement in the first person saying, I am the bread of life. I am was a name for God. So in that one statement, Jesus is first saying he is God. 
And then he's saying that he is all that they need. This I am statement is so important, it's then repeated twice in the chapter. In the Lord's Prayer, we say, give us our daily bread. What do you think of when you say those words? Do they just trip off the tongue? Or when you think of our daily bread, what are you thinking of? Until we recognize who Jesus really is, we may survive materially, but our deep hunger for meaning and for life in all its fullness that goes on and on and on will not be fulfilled. Eternal life has been defined as sharing the inner life of Jesus that's on offer at once to everyone who believes. Pretty incredible. John's whole gospel is building up to this new life. And this chapter promises that it's a life that will be shared by everyone who experiences Jesus. Tom Wright points out that God didn't rescue the children of Israel as they were a great nation, really moral or godly. No, there wasn't a great deal going for them. God rescued them because in his loving choice, he decided to work through them in the way that he does through you and through me. And in the way that he would love to through those we come across day by day who don't yet know him. John's gospel is the one gospel that doesn't have the last supper that gave rise to Holy Communion. That may be partly because by the time John was writing, they were regularly sharing communion in their homes. But it's also likely to be, as this, this chapter is John's substitute for it. And as he sees it affecting the whole gospel story, which is why it's so important that we do share communion as we're going to today. It's in this chapter that John refers to the fact that in Holy Communion, Jesus' body and blood become real to us as we eat bread and drink wine. This isn't us becoming cannibals, but we do benefit from Jesus' death. When we receive bread in Holy Communion, we are receiving something very ordinary a basic survival need for us to remind us of Jesus, who is our basic survival need. John also sees what we know of as Holy Communion, as a foretaste of the day when God will flood the world completely with his presence. Sharing communion is the one command Jesus gave us about worship, quoted in all the other Gospels, to do this in remembrance of him. We may only hear the words of the communion prayer said when we are in church, but Jesus instituted Holy Communion as foundational for Christians because one of his few demands of us is that we nail our colours to his mast, that we treat Jesus as our food and drink of life. So as I come into land, do you really believe that Jesus is the bread of life? Deliberately going back to an image of an ordinary loaf of bread, 
that he is what we need to survive spiritually. Because if we do, then this passage also says we're going to have as close a relationship to Jesus as he does to his father. And that seems pretty mind-blowing to me and surely worth telling others about. In the passage Chris preached on last week, Jesus told us that anyone who believes in him, streams of living water will flow from within him. So every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, when we say the words, give us this day or give us today our daily bread, let's remember that God truly does give us all we need for life. The life that really matters. A life that touches all that we do and are on this earth, but which also lasts forever. When we receive communion, as we will shortly, let's be humbled by the opportunity to immerse our identity in Christ's whole identity. Are we ready to go deeper in our faith and in our exploration of what it means for Jesus, our living hope, to say, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never go thirsty. Amen.